Today we're finishing up our series on the book of Acts. And uh, it's pretty cool. We're in Acts chapter 20. Uh, Verses are not going to be on the screen again, but if you've got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to Acts chapter 20, starting in in verse 28. This is a fun one because we get to see Paul in a different light. We get to see Paul through a little bit of a different lens. He's addressing the leaders at the church in Ephesus, a church that he went and planted as a missionary, and he's been there working with them and living with them and teaching with them. While we study this, it's important that we read this not as words to a church simply 2,000 years ago, but rather than the encouragement and the warning that he gives to this church in Ephesus, we hear for ourselves as the Open Door Christian Church here today. Because I believe that while the words may be 2,000 years old, they still ring very true, both in terms of encouragement and in terms of warning for us. I found it interesting for myself this week. I struggled with this one a little bit. Uh, you know, it's fun seeing Paul in a little bit of a different light. But then it wasn't so much fun when I realized, wow, I kind of understand some of that. And uh, the thing that I think is so cool is that these words really get personal for Paul. When we hear him, it's not just him writing and telling people what to do or how to live and people kind of write off Christianity as being a bunch of rules. This is Paul pouring his heart out. And so as you hear them, as we look at them, listen to how personally it is that Paul is invested in this congregation that now he's about to leave. And I can't imagine Paul leaving this church, but his work wasn't done. And what really hit me this week I was going to make it. <laughs> I can't imagine leaving this place. Not going to. <laughs> Not going to, don't worry. But what got me was Paul is so personally invested in these people. And you know what we've asked of you is that you invest in each other. And you're doing that. And now God is telling Paul he's got to move on. He's got other ministry he's got to do. And we know Paul's work isn't done. And it's fun to read as we continue on and see where Paul goes and what he does. But when you see his final address to these folks and he pours his heart out, please hear them. Please hear them as as a church because Paul in many ways is talking to us. And it's a neat thing, but it's kind of an overwhelming thing. So please excuse me. I didn't mean to get caught up in that. But I can't imagine leaving this place. I can't imagine leaving you. And as I'm reading through this stuff this week, that is exactly what Paul is doing. And we're hearing his words to these leaders, and and they're going to be passed on to the larger congregation. And Paul is pouring out his heart. And, And this is really the kind of heart that we want to have as a church, that we want to have for each other. Verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. He's telling the leaders in the church there because he's speaking to the elders. But really, he's talking to everybody in the church to take care of themselves and to take care of everybody else. He's leaving. He's going away, and so it's got to be heavy on his heart. Who is it that's going to take care of them? Who is going to take care of these folks that I've taken care of the whole time I've been here? Yes, it's important that he tells the leaders to take care of themselves and to take care of the flock. But sometimes those of us who have have 
roles in the church, positions of leadership, whether volunteer or paid staff people. You know, it's real easy to pour yourselves out for other people and not take very good care of ourselves. And one of the things that I find myself doing with the folks who volunteer a lot of hours and staff who work a lot of hours is watching to make sure that they're not pouring too much time into doing what they do for this place and not enough time into taking care of themselves. I was reminded this week of something I've talked about in a in a message before. You know when you're on a commercial airline flight and the flight attendants get in the in the aisle and they stand with the, the placards and all the little things they have to show you and they're telling you how to save your life or how to help save your life if the plane should go down somewhere other than landing smoothly on a runway, right? And what do we do? We keep watching what we're watching, read what we're reading, looking for a crossword puzzle, look for a magazine. But there's this one part where it says, in the event of a sudden loss of cabin air pressure, yep, I've heard it before, in the event of a sudden loss of cabin air pressure, an oxygen mask will drop from the ceiling above you. Make sure to stretch the oxygen mask, put it on and tighten the uh, the straps around the oxygen mask. Make sure to put your own mask on before helping others, right? That's what Paul's telling church. You're of no good to anybody if you stop breathing. And that's what the flight attendants are saying. You can run around and make sure everybody around you has got an oxygen mask, but how good are you going to be to the next four when you pass out? And they're saying, make sure you get your oxygen mask and take care of yourself before helping others. What Paul is saying is, make sure you take care of yourself before you help others. Make sure you take care of yourselves before you help others. Got it? But it's so easy to do because how do we take care of ourselves? It's so easy to say, but it's so hard to do. How how do we do that? How do we make sure that we care for ourselves at the same time that we're caring for the church? How do we do that? Well, I'll tell you what. Paul makes it very, very clear that it begins with a personal relationship with Jesus. Outside of that, nothing matters. That's our oxygen mask, folks. As Christians, the only way that we're going to continue to be able to breathe and to do what we need to do as our lives and Christians, is to be able to have that personal relationship with Jesus. So we begin with that, and then we go to God's Word. We read it, we study it, we learn from it, we live it, and then we help others to do the same. It's called being a disciple and then helping to disciple. And then once we get that stuff figured out, then we can start making God's normal the normal for our lives. Rather than telling other people what they should do, we have to start living it and showing them by our examples. We take care of ourselves first, and then we can actually help taking care of others. Paul tells us later in that verse that the the church was born in and purchased by the death and resurrection of Jesus, which he obtained with his own blood. He says, do you realize the Christian church was not born until after Jesus died, there were some disciples. There was Jesus and some disciples. But the Christian church was not born until Jesus died and rose again. What is the price that was paid for us to have this? Nothing less than the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It was the blood of Jesus. It was the purchase price, not just for our sins, but His life was what it was what it cost in order for us to truly have life. This church is here because of what Jesus did for us. It isn't here because we wanted it to be or someone thought it was a good idea. The price that Jesus paid, the cost for the church, is why Paul cared so passionately for his people. Because Paul knew 